football all day long and in June. It's BYU Football Media Day, the who's who of gridiron goodness. Join us in Studio B for the next two hours. Enough said from BYU Broadcasting. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Let's do it. BYU Football Media Day 2015, live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Wednesday, June 24th, wherever and however you are dialed in. Always great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the Studio B Master of Ceremonies, Jerem Jordan. I cut the ribbon uh, this morning to uh, announce, you know, BYU Football Media Day. It's a great day. I love it. Everyone invades uh, the building, all the players and coaches around. It's fun to see Ty Detmer in the halls, Chad Lewis, Derwin Gray, all these guys. It's going to be awesome for four decades of dominance coming up at 4 Eastern as well. The web chats, obviously, we just watched State of the Program, which is fantastic. We'll break that down in a moment. But but the best part about today, to me, is that it, it, it marks that much closer to Nebraska because we have media day. Yes, we'll have a break until fall camp, which is actually in the summer. And then we're playing football finally. Football is closer. Because the year is football, and then the rest of the year is when we don't have football. And we stuff it with basketball and volleyball and soccer and everything else. Right now, over the next two hours, hashtag double the fun, we talk with head coach Bronco Mendenhall, alumni legends Glenn Kozlowski, Johnny Harleen, plus current stars Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Mitch the Elite One, Matthews. That will come up. And Bronson Cavusi. <laughs> Our Twitter question today, Jeremy, is a simple one. It's not really a question. It's just... Send in your tweets for these guys yeah. that you just listed. If you have a question for them, we'll try and throw some in. Use the hashtag BYUSN for Bronco Mendenhall, Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill, Mitch Matthews, Glenn Kozlowski, Johnny Harlan, all those guys. Anything you want to know, tweet it in using the hashtag BYUSN. Well, not anything, but yeah, send it in. Well, I mean, they can ask. Not, can't promise they're going to get answers for it. But <laughs> I'm not you can asking ask. anything. <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Cougar football program has added Toledo to its 2016 schedule. Much more on that in just a moment. Bronco Mendenhall was asked about the prospect of playing Utah in the Vegas Bowl because BYU is playing a Pac-12 team if they're in the Vegas Bowl this year, to which he responded, that would be amazing. Of course it would. Yes. Yes, that would be awesome. That would add to an already awesome 2015. Football 20-second timeout. Can I do that in football? Nope. I just did. Quick volleyball note. North Seca Under-21 Pan American Cup in Canada. Brendan Sander, Brendonius, had eight kills in a sweep of Barbados. The United States play Brazil tonight at 6 Eastern. That was in only two sets, by the way. Nice. Came off the bench. And a boy, Brendan. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The madness that is media day. Here's what we just learned from Bronco Mendenhall and Tom Homo on BYU Football's State of the Program special, a program you watched on BYU TV and heard on BYU Radio. First of all, Bronco on scheduling, and I quote, This is not a time to be complacent. This is not a time to be safe. Well, if you look at the 2015 and 2016 schedules, it's anything but complacent. Safe would be taking it easy. I've given Boise State a hard time on this show because I thought they played one, maybe two hard teams, cruise through conference, to their credit. And then uh, they would win those big games, and then they'd be in a position at the end of the year to play in a New Year's Six BCS game. 
Boise State is ramping up. BYU has ramped up even more. There's no, there's no P5 equivalent or group of five team that plays a schedule like BYU is going to play in 2015. But it's awesome because the opportunity is there. And Bronco was clear about we're not trying to just schedule these games. We schedule games that we think we can win. And so BYU, it starts with Nebraska, but then 2016 uh, is even tougher and you add Toledo to that, which we'll break down in a moment. As you look at the future schedules, there has been kind of this outlying question that, well, maybe because BYU is independent, they have to go to a, a scenario where they only host five home games in a season. Well, Tom Homo nipped that one in the bud. He said five home games is not an option. BYU will have at least six home games on every schedule, and they hope to get to seven at some point, a la the, Notre Dame. A la Ohio State, Virginia. has. I think Virginia's played eight home games in a season. Ridiculous, right? You try and play as many at home as you can. And when you look at 2016, you add Toledo. September 30th, a Friday night in 2016, Tanner Mangum, get that right arm warm, baby, because this schedule is the toughest in BYU history. The Cougars return that game to Toledo of the MAC on uh, September 28th, 2019. Well, there you go. So a home-and-home home with Toledo. And here's the thing about this game with Toledo uh, on September 30th in 2016. The schedule is already ridiculously tough. Okay, And some people I've had you know, tweeting at me, oh, Toledo's, they're a lower-tier G5. They are not a lower-tier G5 They won G5 nine team. games last they year. They were ranked last year. This is a good program, an upper-tier program in the MAC. When you win nine games and win a bowl game, that's not lower tier. So this is no gimme by any means for BYU. Okay, look at 2019, by the way. I, I want to skip ahead because I, I love it. The road games, Virginia, Washington State, Toledo, Utah State. The home games in 2019. Listen to this. USC, Washington, Boise State, Wisconsin. Holy shnikes! That is awesome. I know it's a couple years away, but next year is the beginning of the good home game. Mississippi for BYU. State, UCLA. And then 2019, as I mentioned, that you play neutral UMass that year as well. So you have nine in 2019 already. The, this is awesome. It's starting to become crazy good. I don't even know who the quarterback's going to be in 2019. I don't care yet. But 2015, challenging. 2016, even more. And then you get to, to the point later where BYU starts to play more at home. Therefore, they are more winnable, Spencer. It might take a couple years to get several of these kind of wins in these uh, tough schedules, but I think it's going to happen. Yeah, guess what? It takes time to get major P5 programs to come and play in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Tom Holmo knew that going into Independence he knew it. This is not a surprise. To recap again, BYU adds Toledo to the 2016 schedule. They are now one game shy of what would be a full slate. I'll, I will be shocked oh. if it's not an FCS opponent. It'll be an FCS. Shocked. Why, why wouldn't? And, you need an FCS opponent. And that opponent. game will be live on BYU TV. We'll call it right now for 2016. <laughs> and th- that, that schedule is loaded, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 100. The 2016 BYU football schedule features teams with a combined 100 wins from 2014. That's an average of nine wins per team. So you're telling me every team on the 2016 schedule had an average of nine wins in 2014. Well, all of them combined average nine. There are two teams that didn't have nine wins. That's it. West Virginia had seven and UMass had three. That's it. Everyone had nine plus on that schedule. How many teams had double digit wins? Michigan State, Boise State, Mississippi State, Arizona, <laughs> I Utah love it. State. It's exciting. It's really exciting. Kind of frightening, 
but mostly exciting. And that will be the Tanner Manga Mirror, which by all accounts is what's going to happen. And that was referenced in the state of the program as well, that there are concerns offensively about depth at quarterback. Need to develop that more behind Taysom Hill. Obviously, you won't have anyone with a single rep in a, a game, I guess, besides McCoy Hill against Idaho State. And offensive line, but every other position they feel very comfortable with. A couple of guys we're going to talk to in hour number two on BYU Sports Nation are the current stars. Quarterback Taysom Hill. He has been, in his words, cleared to do everything. Great news as he comes back from a second season-ending knee injury. Well, leg injury, I should say. Jamal Williams will be used 100% when the season begins. Now, when you look at what happened to him at Middle Tennessee State last year, you didn't know. I mean, you didn't. It, In take, 10 it months, takes a while to yeah. get back. Yeah. Yet, I think that everyone, due to, the, to how well we know these guys, what, how hard they work, how hard they were going to work, I think everyone expected them to be 100%. Because of the work that they would put in. So it's great news that today they're saying, yes, we're going to be 100%. Now it's June 24th. I would be more comfortable if it were September 2nd, the week of them saying Clear this Clear to as do well. everything yes. 100%. And that fall camp went well and that there was nothing wrong. So there's still a ways to go on this. So I'd pump the brakes just a tad. But it is exciting news that the two superstars of the BYU offense are good to go. Times and channels have been announced for two games in 2015. Saturday, September 12th, the home opener for BYU against Boise State will be on ESPN2. Get an app, Jerem. 10.15 Eastern Time, 8.15 Mountain kickoff, again on ESPN2. On Friday, October 2nd, very similar. BYU hosting UConn in Provo. That game also on ESPN2. And another 10.15 Eastern, 8.15 Mountain Time kickoff. So a couple of late games, but it's to play on ESPN2. Correct. Obviously, not everyone's a huge fan of playing a super late game, but... When you're on a Friday night, people are staying up and watching that game. High school recruits go play their game. They're probably checking out ESPN 2 and seeing what's on, right? You make Sports Center. When you play Boise State, you make Sports Center. So those are two games where BYU will, as we've said it for a long time, Nostris Nocturnus, which is Latin for own the night. I love it. Now, we were wondering if there would be some more clarification on the bowl game scenario for BYU in 2015. We have announced earlier on BYU Sports Nation that BYU will play in the Vegas Bowl and the Hawaii Bowl in 2015 and 2019. So if they play in the Vegas Bowl in 15, it would be the Hawaii Bowl in 19 and vice versa. So there's nothing really more to report there other than ESPN and Dave Brown, one of the vice presidents, is in the building today for BYU Football Media Day. ESPN will get the matchup that they want, when they want, where they want it, because they want eyeballs on the screen. Because they own college football. There's no surprise to anybody. literally. Yeah, no surprise. The same thing happened with Memphis in the Miami Beach Bowl. They, they try and get the best matchup they can. So I hope, I hope it's Vegas and that it's Utah. That is my one huge wish with this season and, and the postseason, that it is Utah, because that would be an awesome situation in Vegas. To end the season yes, with Utah. it would be amazing. <laughs> because then you would play Utah in game uh, two of 2016. You'd play Utah twice in three games. It's against the sixth place Pac-12 team. Six would be six in the Pac-12 is ranked 20th. Well, BYU that's played, a good team. BYU played the sixth place team in the Fight Hunger Bowl two years ago. That was Washington. That was a good. That was a and, good football team. Yeah, that would be a great game. So yeah, BYU Utah in the Vegas Bowl. I'll take it all day, every day, as will Bronco Mendenhall. But it all starts, my friend. On September 5th. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 
73. It's 73 days away. We're around the bend, man. Soon we're going to be shooting confetti out again here, and then it's going to be randomly getting stuck in the ceiling. Didn't we have like <laughs> we had four pieces fall down the was other it la- day? Was it? You were gone last week. No, I was here. You I weren't here. gone. You were here this week. <laughs> it, was it was amazing. On, yeah. August 29th to now. It's still up there in the rafters. Ten months? Ten 73 months. days away from Lincoln Memorial Stadium, a game that will be broadcast on ABC National, 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain Time between the Cougars and the Huskers. Taysom Hill takes the field again as BYU's quarterback, along with what we have heard, is going to be a 100% Jamal Williams. And then what what are we going to see from this wide receiver group? Because we know what Mitch Matthews can bring to the table. Uh, Obviously, Mitchell Juergens. How good is Nick Kurtz? Devon Blackman, Taron Houck, Colby Pearson. I think it's a good group. Someone on this set called that group elite at one point. I think they're really. I think they're pretty good. I don't think they're elite, but I. Th- I think that that's one of the strengths of the team as a group. Did I call the group elite or you just did. Mitch you Matthews? Did. You called the group elite. Well, okay. I guess if, if Mitch is in there, and that's you know. and that's where we had to rein it back, baby. Oh, you settle down. We're going to talk <laughs> to the elite one, Jerem Mitch Matthews, along with Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and Bronson Kafusi in hour number two. But in hour number one. It starts with the head coach, Bronco Mendenhall. We remind you to send in your questions for today's guest using the hashtag BYUSN. Our conversation alive 24-7 on that hashtag. We welcome all members to BYUSN. As I mentioned, up next, the head coach who told me right before state of the program that I needed to loosen up. He said, I need you to, you're so wound up, I need really? you to loosen up. Are you tight right now? So I'm trying to. You know, I need to, I need to, need be, to be the, like the, the play 60 yeah. kid. Yeah. Warming them up, man. Am I your mom's favorite player? <laughs> <laughs> Bronco Mendenhall joins us in Studio B next. We will tackle all of the questions that we have had lingering in our minds over the past few months as we push forward to Nebraska and the 2015 BYU football season. This is BYU Sports Nation on Media Day. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio. Moving pictures on BYU TV, you can follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation and join the Media Day conversation using the hashtag BYUSN. Programming continues throughout the day on BYU TV, but don't miss it for Eastern time, four decades of dominance. This show is going to be a ton of fun, ton of former players in the house, including Ty Detmer, Glenn Kozlowski, Omar Morgan, Derwin Gray, Johnny Harleen. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Four Eastern time on BYU TV, four decades of dominance. Another reminder, send your questions for our guests in Studio B today using the hashtag BYUSN. With that said, we welcome in guest number one, Bronco Mendenhall, the head coach of BYU football. Bronco, other than making an appearance on our show, what is your favorite part about this day? So I'm glad that you gave me a chance just to acknowledge, no question, this is the highlight. I mean, how, <laughs> really? how, how could it not be? No. When, when you're referred to as guest number one, how, how could that? It's almost like a James Bond thing, right? It's 007 or maybe not. Maybe you didn't intend it that you way, but that's like, the way I took it. You look like James Bond. You look like Daniel Craig a little bit. You ever get that? <laughs> no. First time, but Who? thank you. A lot of firsts happen on this show. That's true. That's <laughs> true. You got to go, go to YouTube and you'll find it. Yeah. Now, now, we, we have a, a little bit of beef with you because mm-hmm. this morning you tweeted out a photo from outside. Now, the, now the Big Blue, or truck, was featured. Mm. We have a presence on that truck in a tree 
covered our part of that truck in that photo. I don't know if you noticed. So, so I, the picture I took was just right. Because could you see either one of you at all? No, there it, it was strategically placed. Because if, if you could see you at all, then I need to go back and take it to where it completely Shot, blocks out that fire. part of the truck. It's, well, well, it's par for the course so far with Bronco. Oh my god! I'm just getting adjusted. I, I like to come in and get acclimatized, acclimated. We're not yes men. We're here to challenge yeah, you. I'm, I'm ready. That's I've, I've come in guns blazing. Okay, now that the pregame warm-up's over, we're state of the program, <laughs> right? Right? That was that was the state yeah, of the program. State now, of the program. Now we're here. Now this we're, is like the real program. We're in. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. Yeah, but let, let's get past the superficial things and let's get down to the down to business. Let's yeah. do it. Okay, <laughs> let, let's start with where you are uh, a specialist, and that is on the defensive mm. side of the ball. And there are many that want to know what kind of an effect you expect to have uh, getting back to uh, what you have had such great success with, and that is on the defense. You know, I don't, I don't know what kind of effect I'll have. Uh, the best reference I have is just kind of what's happened before, and that usually means that the players will try really hard. It means that there won't be great depth, but there'll be about 15 guys that'll be relentless and are kind of at the core. Um, it means that there there will be nothing easy on a day-in and day-out basis, um, and if teams are going to beat us, they'll really have to play well. Um, and so we're not going to be perfect, and nor am I perfect, but um, I think just through an additional resource of myself with the other defensive coaches, that formula has already proven to be really strong. And so um, I'm anxious to, to join uh, my defensive coaches back in that role. It is more difficult. It is more demanding. It takes more time, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard. Um, but... The best part is the relationships formed with the players and being able to influence the outcome of a game more on game day than when I'm not doing that. And and so really, as I, if it comes right down to it, the ability to outflu- to influence the outcome in real time on game day is what I was missing. When you talk about 15, do you mean 11 plus 4? Is that, that what you're that's talking about? That's about what it is. So only four backups. Yeah, that's that's kind of what the primary n- backups. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the numbers have shown. Um, uh, over the, the eight years that I've been the defensive coordinator here prior to the two as assistant, there usually is a starting 11, and then there's kind of one other defensive back and one other linebacker and one other D lineman, and then somebody else is kind of the numbers that show they're willing to just um, day in and day out reach that level of expectation. And this group might surprise me. There might be more, but what history shows is it's about that number of the 50 that we bring into fall camp. It ends up with about that many that – really want to get serious to the level that I would like them to be. Locating playmakers within that group of 15, it's easy to pinpoint Bronson Kafusi because of what he's done, and uh, certainly the expectations are high for him. We saw some flashes of brilliance from Fred Warner last year. Besides Bronson and, and Fred, who do you expect to be the playmakers on that defensive side of the ball this year? Yeah, it remains to be seen and, and remains to be demonstrated uh, because there can be flashes, as you alluded to, and flashes really won't uh, produce great defense. Consistent um, grit, determination, and resolve, play in and play out, making the plays they're supposed to make um, within their assignment is what I'm after. And and usually the flashiest guys, um, they're the, the ones most easily identifiable, but that doesn't mean they're they're really at the core of the program. So I expect Bronson to do exactly what he's supposed to do and make every play that he's supposed to make within his assignment. Same with Fred. Same with guys like Logan Taele, um, who played last year with two labrum surgeries but is really tough. And if the balls run <laughs> in the B-gap, then I have a problem with him. Same with Tui Loma in the A-gaps. And, and so there is an accountability factor to where – 
around the flashes that will, the world will see. What I'm more interested is in between the flashes, who's doing what they're supposed to do and really hard. And I don't know yet. And is the easy answer to that. Is that exciting? It's really exciting because um, it really is a, a fresh opportunity and a clean slate for anyone to have a chance to emerge. And there's really three simple criteria of um, will you try hard enough? Do you know what to do? And then can you make a play? And the guys that can do all three will find a role. Your switch back to a defensive coordinator, was that something you wanted or something you felt that was needed and you just had to do it? Oh, I, I think it's it's both. So what I don't think is it's reflective. Of, it's in no way, shape, or form reflective of the job that Nick was doing. And, man, I, he's one of the brightest minds and best coaches that I know and someone I trust completely. What I ask Nick to do is take over a defense with less experience that was going to play more plays with one less coach to help him. And it isn't until you frame it like that to say, and as myself as a leader saying that, that wasn't um, even as much as I think of him, I gave him a, a really challenging situation. When did you realize that? Man, it wasn't probably till about um, game, game eight. Um, so certainly we saw through game four that I had a chance and believed that I could help offensively enough to ensure we'd score enough points and with Taysom. And so I knew there'd be some growing pains, but once Taysom got hurt, then I started to sense it a little bit, um, but really until about game eight, it was, man, I'm asking Nick to do a lot, and, and more so than probably is realistic. And so I then looked, okay, how do I possibly organize the staff? And rather than add another one or move someone around, it was easiest and best just to go with what has already worked and what I knew the most about and just to reinsert and then keep continuity everywhere else. And so I don't think it's ever been presented as clearly as that, but that's the thing. Less experience with the players, with one less coach, and playing more plays. And to say that that's going to have the same result? Uh, no, it's not. Game number one at Nebraska on a national uh, television stage on ABC at Lincoln Memorial Stadium. September has been slated as like the toughest schedule of any Division One college football program. Did you ever envision when you became the head coach of BYU that you would face a slate like you do in September and then looking ahead to the 2016 schedule as well? I hadn't envisioned it. I also had never envisioned being the head coach at BYU nor envisioned um, being an independent. And th this is changing so fast and, and so dynamically. Um, but here, here are, are the underlying parts to that. We are recognized as a P5 program. We are as an independent, which has just opened up we can really play anyone. If they'll agree to play, we can play anyone, which more teams now are agreeing to play, which you saw in 16. Wait till you see 17, um, if you like 16, and it just it continues on. And so what I'm interested in is challenge. What I'm interested in is growth. What I'm interested in is, is excellence and intrigue. And all those things um, are what we're going after. And so we could easily go the other way. We could easily revert back to a place we've been. And uh, I don't like staying the same or going back. And so I've chosen just the opposite. We're going forward, whatever that looks like and whatever that means. And September is a great reflection of that. I know this is a tough question to an uh, answer, but I'll ask it anyway. I like tough questions. Where's, where's the line in scheduling between too tough, just right, and yeah. too easy? Uh, I think it's an internal choice by the head coach, um, knowing not only himself but his team and what they want. Um, I've been at BYU now as the head coach for 10 seasons. Uh, I want change. I want improvement. I want progress. Um, and I want the best for this school, but I also want the best for my players. And 
it would be fun for you throughout the day to ask, um, do they want to play those games? And my sense is that they want to play not only those ones, but more of them. And uh, is there risk? No question. To the head coach, probably more than anyone else. Uh, However, this time period and launching from independence, we're not in a position of leverage. We are in a position of standing alone and and making a name for ourselves in that way. And you can view that by beating and maybe more wins of lesser quality, uh, so more more um, more volume and maybe less difference or uh, difficulty. Or it can be where maybe you get both, and we'll take on whoever will play. And what if you get the volume of wins also? That to me, I have more control over that than waiting to see. Um, uh, what the conference schedule looks like from a place we've already been. And I'm just not intrigued by that. I want the other. One of your former players, Brian Keel, in that seat said uh, a couple of weeks ago that he would give up his firstborn child <laughs> to play the 2015 and 2016 <laughs> schedules if he were still a college athlete. Yeah. It starts at Nebraska, and that brings us to our first uh, Twitter question from a member of BYU Sports Nation. At Jason mm. Claus asks this, what mindset do you want your players to have in preparation for that first Nebraska we, game? We intend to hunt teams down um, for inclusion. And so they're not coming to Provo, so we're going um, to hunt them down and then replace them. And if they have a spot, we will intend to take that spot. I want our players to view that same thing. And so, again, this I have respect for every team we play, and especially their coaches. Our position is not one of leverage. We're in a position of of um, earning. We're not in a position of entitlement. We're in a position of um, really demonstration. And so the biggest stages against the best teams, uh, but we're not going just to to see what it's like in Lincoln. We're we're more hunting than um, traveling. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do. Let's do it. <laughs> so, did there come a point where, as an independent, where you realized, okay, we have to be the aggressor, maybe no in scheduling, as opposed to, okay, we'll just play these games and hope we win and hope we get noticed. No question, because along the way, I don't think anyone knew when we first became independent what the shifts were going to be. At that point, I did visit with administration and say, man, I think there's going to be a shift, and I'm for getting on the road and going to each president, each AD, each commissioner, and saying, hey, let's let us in, and here we go. Um, uh, we chose a more conservative path, um, but I was not comfortable of just waiting to see what our schedule would look like. And so there was a clear delineation after about year one of, I don't want to do this again. Um, who else can we play? Wherever it is, let's... You're one of independence. Exactly right. It was, um, I don't want another year um, that that's felt like we were at the mercy of what this college football thing would, would um, put in our lap or basically give us. It was then more what can we influence and what can we take. And the one thing I have influence over is who I agree to play. And so we've become very aggressive with ESPN. And I'm sure there are plenty that would rather or thinking, man, there's too much risk here. Um, again, I have the most to lose. and But I also have the most to gain through watching our players get to play the teams and have the experience that I think they really want and try to help them reach their potential. And um, it's just more fun. The clear direction of this program, and you've stated it and Thomas stated it, is you know, we, want to, we want to kind of work our way into a place where these Power 5 conferences look at us and say, we've got to have, yeah. we've got to have BYU. You threw out a number. You said a three-year window. Yeah. Why did you feel like it needed to be the three-year window? It was, it was not necessarily where it had to be in three. That was just the time frame, I thought, where there would be another shift and something else would happen by then. Uh, I don't think that there's, like Cinderella, a time where you're going to turn back into something. 
But if you do face the reality of um, in college football, there is a, a pretty clear revenue share. If you're a member of a Power 5 conference, not just a Power 5 team, that, um, well, basically the minimum share is about $20 million per year per team. SCC is over $31 million per year per team. Um, longevity means you actually do have to have resources to continue to grow your and expand your program. As an independent, what we have is a phenomenal exposure that exceeds the majority of every one of those teams. Um, what's not happening is the conference share of revenue that goes with that. And so at some point, there will be uh, a friction point and a tipping point that says, okay, because of the money and the financial part, it's either got to be in or part of something else. Um, I don't know what that time frame is, but that was my guess as to when a shift might happen again or what um, a time frame might be. And there are some TV contracts, big money that are going to create some movement, we would think. So, yeah, that's... I, I think. But again, if you think just simply about the SEC and you're now talking $31 million per year per team, um, that's... That's an amazing advantage. It has to be managed right, but what things could get in your way? Do you need a new rate room? Okay, great. Do you want to expand your stadium? Great. Do you need new offices? Great. Whatever you need to give your chance to get attract the best student-athletes, once you add resources to that, you're now making yourself more competitive. And so this is, here is exposure, here's this killer schedule. The, the financial part has to be acknowledged also. Bronco Mendenhall and BYU on the hunt starting September 5th against Nebraska. We'll, we'll go to break with this. With uh, so, uh, You do a lot of things well, but hey. we want you to work on your photography and, and just, try and include the BYU Sports Nation Go guys. to the left and you'll get us in the frame. You know, I actually, I actually left a little bit too much of the left viewable <laughs> there. I was hopeful only just to have the Studio C part. It was really highlighted yeah. there. I, I got a little bit too much of the back end of that picture. Sorry is that, about that. Is that your favorite BYU TV program? <laughs> it's my, my boys like it. Okay. There you go. Yeah. I actually prefer the left part of that trailer. I mean, you guys didn't allude to that, but there was yeah. a part Taysom? toward the front. Okay. Yeah. We were somehow I, I like larger than Taysom on that, which is super <laughs> weird. We'll take it. Bronco, great to talk to you. Thank you, guys. Glenn Kozlowski up next in hey. Studio B. I got One of the legends. This is BYU Sports Nation. Sports friends, it is media day at BYU Broadcasting, all things BYU football. Welcome back. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. If you have missed anything or will miss anything, not to worry. You can download the show podcast on iTunes. Right after BYU Sports Nation is done, web chats continue on BYUtv.org with Lauren Frankham. Uh, they continue throughout the day as well, 3 Eastern, 5 Eastern. Check it out. We remind you, we made a BYU Sports Nation media day bingo card. We sent this out yesterday. I, we've had a bunch of references. I think we've had several people I've, with bingo. I've already gotten a couple of people that have tweeted yeah. bingo to me. We had grit from Robert and I and Bronco. I thought that was really important uh, <laughs> to kind of set the stage. So keep, uh, keep playing bingo along with us on Media Day. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Cougars have announced Toledo on the 2016 schedule. That game will take place on September 30th in Provo. A return trip to the Glass Bowl in Toledo on September 28th of 2019, and some game times announced for this year's schedule. Boise State, September 12th on a Saturday night, 10-15 Eastern on ESPN2, and then Friday, October 2nd versus Connecticut in Provo on ESPN2 as well, 10-15 Eastern time for both of those. Guest number two in Studio B during our two-hour BYU Sports Nation special is one of the alumni football legends, Glenn Kozlowski. 
Maybe you've heard of him. Glenn, welcome to Studio B. I didn't think anybody heard of me, other than my mother. She loves me. That's, <laughs> and I got that face that only a mother could love. So. <laughs> well, hey, you're uh, not, not a, uh, I guess, um, you're, you're not new to media. You help out with the Chicago Bears programming on WGN Radio, and so you, you're tied into this. You, this is not new to you, correct? Yeah, I've done it for 23 years. Yeah, okay. And I thought I retired, but I just read on a website that I'm doing a post-game show on WGN. So apparently <laughs> I'm, you know, yeah, they, they <laughs> suck you back in, you wow. never leave. Wow. Okay, when you, when you look at, uh, you know, there's, there's the Bears, there's BYU, a tough schedule for the Cougars. A lot of conversation related to that schedule. Uh, games in the Midwest. What do you think of BYU amping it up and playing? A really tough schedule in 2015. You know, they've been doing that for a while and under Bronco Mendenhall. And, you know, once you become an independent, you're going to play nine, ten games that are tough. People always try to compare, you know, the errors. And, you know, when I played, we had maybe three difficult games. These guys play a tough game every week. So it's a lot different. And so it's good. It's great. I'm glad I wasn't the guy that had to do that and go up against these schools because <laughs> I liked our uh, six ducks or our seven ducks and then our three tough games a year. How does this, uh, how does BYU use this type of schedule to create more national relevance so that you're hearing more about the Cougars in Chicago? Well, we do hear about them, and it might be because it's just at my house, but I yell loud, so a lot of people hear me. But um, you know what? You, you've got to win some big games. I know when every time that they've gone to Notre Dame and they've played well there, um, that makes you a national force. I, I think we're between those two big mountain ranges, so a lot of people don't even know where BYU is at. I'm talking about in the Midwest anyway and even on the East Coast. But literally, you've got to win also, and you've got to compete. You know, They're doing the competing part really well, and now they've just got to string together uh, wins in a row. And you know, there's not a better guy than Bronco Mendenhall, Robert and I. These guys can get it done. The last time you were on the show, the other time you were on the show, we talked about, you know, you, you mentioned I wasn't here, though. Punter, right? Yeah, you was on the phone. Okay, uh, good. Punters aren't people, right? Something They're not. to that degree? Okay. Well, okay. kickers and punters. Kickers in general, okay. They are, you know, Lee Johnson, for example, and not, I know he works here. Well, clearly he's not a person. Spend 10 <laughs> minutes with him. The guy's a lunatic, right? He's a maniac. He is the poster child for every alphabet in the, in the, any kind of issues, right? A, D, D, H. <laughs> L O G Y M. I you mean, the it, guys. Well, he, he's a maniac and he's a goof, but I love that goof. Okay. But, you know, uh, but look, if you miss the kick, we want to kill you. If you make the kick, we, we love you. you. Well, you, yeah, we, we, we love you, but we're not going to let you hang out with us at night. That's just how it works. <laughs> with that in mind, there, there's a great possibility that BYU's punter is uh, one of the stars of the rugby team, a national champion in rugby. Would he qualify as a person? Yes, because rugby players might be the toughest guys next to hockey players. I mean, those guys know how to tackle. Uh, and quite frankly, he could probably beat me up. So I'm going to say he's a person for sure. Johnny Linehan is his name. They call him Johnny Rugby. And, and I'm sure he can mash the ball, too, you know, because they, they, that's what they do. And they, they kick the ball far. You know, look, I'm a high school football coach for 15 years, and all of my kickers are soccer players because, again, that non-person factor. And, uh, you know, but I love them. And I've had more kids uh, go to college on scholarships as kickers and punters, which are strange for me, right, saying this right now. But, you know, the, the, they can 
especially the soccer players, they could drill the ball. But rugby pay, players, why not? He can probably kick it with both feet, right? Johnny, it's so. official. You're a person. As oh, he's not by. only a person. He's a great person because <laughs> I think he's probably big. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Kozlowski with us on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU Legendary receiver also played Legendary. In the Let's stop the legendary. Quite Listen, frankly, <laughs> my wife would just go, yeah, right, legendary. It goes go do the dishes now, dear. You made you made an incredible catch in the back of the end zone during that 1984 National Championship game. Now, there is this question out there. Was Robbie Bosco trying to throw the ball out of bounds? What do you think? You know, he still claims that he was not, and I think he was, but it doesn't matter because it was the perfect pass. And, you know, Robbie did that a lot, and he was one of those guys. He's not the toughest person I ever met in the world. I might even put him in the kicker category (laughs) until he got on the football field, and that guy was a stone-cold killer. You know, and I don't like using that phrase with all of the people that are losing their lives out there with the gun thing, and that's a whole different deal. But on the field, that guy would kill you. Yeah, And, uh, you know, I think Ty, uh, same way, um, was the same way. You know, he's probably the most unassuming uh, guy you'd ever meet with his cowboy boots and that little southern draw from down to Texas. But, man, you put him on the field, they'd kill you. Four decades of dominance is coming up at 4 Eastern time. You'll be, uh, you know, a part of that. It's going to be awesome. What's it like to be in the building with all these guys that are coming back to visit BYU and, and to relive kind of what BYU football has done the last 40 years? Well, I haven't seen any of them. I saw Robert, so it was great to see him, and he looks good. And, you know, Robert doing interviews is amazing to me because Robert just didn't like to talk to anybody. So it's that's still awesome. the case. Well, yeah, but that's okay, by the way. I, I like the fact that he, he, he runs the offense pretty well, so he'll do okay there. But uh it's great. I look forward to it. You know, this building wasn't here because if it was, Blaine Fowler would have never left this building. I'm pretty sure. He doesn't leave very Yeah, often. I bet he doesn't yeah. anymore because that was <laughs> Blaine, you know. And uh, But it, it's, just, you know, it's changed so much, and it's really a neat thing to see. I'm not sure neat's even in the English language anywhere. But it was, like, cool when we were old or young, your age, guys. And uh, But it, it's, it's, it's cool. It's neat to see that all these things are happening, all this growth. And every time I get here, I get lost because I don't understand the campus anymore. We'll have someone show you around, don't worry. Yeah, that might be the concussions, too. <laughs> I'm I get lost. Right? <laughs> we can hook that up. You played probably with the greatest string of quarterbacks ever in college, Jim McMahon, Steve Young. Robbie Bosco. Is there anybody that had the run that you had as a receiver? No, I mean, it, it, or and it was luck, not because I had this great run. I mean, I got to start as a freshman, which was unusual then. Um, basically, my high school just said go to college early, and you know they just gave me. I think I was short five credit hours. They said just go. So they, you know, I went up to spring ball. I was one of the first players to ever do that, and that's why I was able to start as a freshman. And uh, playing with Jim was, you know, that was a trip every week because that guy's just a strange cat, still is a strange guy. (laughs) Um, Steve was, you know, there would be times where I wanted to tackle him because he would run. You wanted the ball more. Well, well, we all, you know, receivers are always open, right? But Steve, I mean, he would make these spectacular runs, and then one of us would clean him up on the tackle, right? And it was like, (laughs) hey, was that a receiver just happened? Oh, yeah, he didn't throw me the ball. I'm going to tackle him. (laughs) And then Robbie was – they were so different, each one of them. But Rob, like I said, you know, he had like these – he would be the softest, meekest guy, kindest guy you'd meet during Monday through Friday. And then Saturday, he just – man, you get out of his way, man, he was going to take you apart. Glenn, great to talk to you. Glad to have you back in. Uh... Pleasure. Pleasure. And you you have this look like, do I really get this close to him or not? It's kind of a strange look on your face. What is that? I, if I had a nickel, man. <laughs> 
Okay. What is it? Ask my mom. I don't know. No, but I mean, you're almost like you're afraid of me. I'm, I'm, I'm not an alien. Do you want a hug, bro hug or something? We could bro. You well, stop n- bro n- hugs. N- it's a man hug. We man yeah. hug. During the break. And we'll kiss. Nope. <laughs> On the cheeks, though. Oh, okay. On the cheeks. That's all. Oh, we have to go to break now? That's crazy. Yeah, let's go quickly because um, you want to kiss. Okay. That's, uh, right? Isn't that, <laughs> is that what he's not saying? That's what I heard. Why do you want to go it to break? Been fun we got to be two on minutes. The, it would have been fun to be on those teams in the 80s. Yeah. Johnny Harleen is on his way to Studio B. This and Johnny, is Linn- Sports Nation. Johnny Linehan weighs in on Twitter. Ooh. BYU Sports Nation on BYU Football Media Day 2015 continues. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio B. Glenn Kozlowski and I did not bro hug or even man hug or even exchange kisses on the cheek during the break. I just want to make that super clear for everybody. After that awesome, awkward end you, to the You really got third weirded segment. out by that, didn't I was you? weirded you out by that. super weirded out by that. Like, you're looking at me, I'm like, I don't know anything, man. <laughs> hey, coming up at 3 Eastern time, follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter if you aren't already. We're going to do a Periscope session. We're going to take you behind the scenes. We did this earlier, uh, but we're going to show you around, talk to some of the people uh, in the hallways and whatnot, maybe show you the uh, fair for craft, you know, that's out there uh, that we're eating. Check it out on Periscope. So... Follow us on Twitter, and we're going to do a Periscope session, 3 Eastern time. Already two great guests, Bronco Mendenhall, just finished with Glenn Kozlowski. Well, one and a half. Oh, <laughs> no, for that reason, kidding. it was an elite interview, Jeremy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, guess, what's that? We mentioned Johnny Linehan. Yes, what did he tweet? Okay, Johnny Linehan weighs in. He in says, reference to being a person. Yes, stand by. I have to pull it up. I'm sorry, I wasn't ready. Okay. Uh, he says, it's official, I'm a person. Oh, it's official. And okay. then he says, Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton, you two are elite at multitasking. Thank you, Johnny Linehan. Thank you. Another Johnny joining us in Studio B right now, Johnny Harleen, a man who can, quite frankly, shred on the guitar. Man, Are you working on your music lately? Uh, I'm always playing, of course. Okay. Yeah. How's it going? Well, amazing, of course. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do, is just uh, do amazing stuff like that. I do amazing. I try. We've been thinking about this. Um, Beck Tarlene is like the most, you know, asked question of you, I'm sure. What's the TD catch that you like the most that wasn't that one that you have? Uh, I think there's, there's a few of them, I would say. Um, earlier that game uh, against, against Eric Weddle, I felt like that was a pretty, that was a tough one. I mean, he, had, he played perfect defense, and he was, he was a very tough defender all game. Uh, he didn't guard me the whole game, but when he was on me, he was he, he made it tough. And uh, he was in perfect position, and, you know, it just happened to work out on that play. I was able to get up a little bit higher, and, you know, I didn't catch it cleanly, which is all, once you don't catch it clean, you never know what's going to happen. But luckily it tipped right down, and, and uh, I, I'm sure right in the middle of the play he thought that he had made the play on it, and I ended up being able to come down with it just in bounds. That for sure, uh, to me, is was a much more – difficult and uh you know difficult catch and that's what i kind of look at you know I, I i like to take the situation out of it um because yeah i mean the one at the end of the game everyone remembers because of the situation it was in and everything but really is it, it was not m- that difficult um as far as just the you know the mechanics of completing it so um so yeah, i mean that one earlier in the game against Weddle was a good one i, I mean the, the my first touchdown that game was also I liked a lot too you know catching over my shoulder I uh, you know that's one of the difficult catches to make that people don't realize because you know the ball's up in the air you're looking back for you know a good 
two or three seconds looking the ball up in the air, and then all of a sudden, the last second, it kind of just shoots in there, and you got to turn your head, get your, you know, get your head around, we'll look it into your hands, and uh, just that concentration. So, you know, that was that was one I liked as well. So. Okay, I like it. The two, yeah. the two touchdown catches before the catch. Everyone yeah. forgets you had three in the game. Yeah, there were th- yeah there was a few in that game. <laughs> happy to say. <laughs> now, what I do want to reference is that catch against Eric Weddle. BYU was de- they had scored twenty four straight. BYU was trailing twenty four fourteen when you made that catch, and that kind of shifted the whole tide of the game again, back in BYU's favor at that moment. Um, yeah, I mean, we were still kind of going back and forth because I think you know they went they went back down. Did they go take – well, I think we were still down when I made that play. Yeah. And then we had to go score again to get ahead. Then they scored, and then it was the last touchdown. But, yeah, I, I mean, everybody – and, it's of course, you know, I'm happy to be a part of a play that everybody will remember for a long time, it seems like. And, uh, you know, so what more could I ask? But at the same time, I kind of like – you know, I hope that people also remember that I would make – that I was the type of player that um, – you know, I like I really like to be able to make plays. You know, when our team was when things weren't going so well. You know, and be, make an impact play that's going to kind of change the momentum. Um, because you know, when I was playing, I kind of felt like everybody everybody saw that way and everybody uh, you know played that way. But come to realize, you know, it's really not that way. And, and to be able to you know be a playmaker, make game impacting plays is something that's pretty valuable in football. And uh, so that's what I. You know that's that's what I kind of aspired to be, and uh, hopefully, you know, in my mind, maybe people will remember me kind of that way as as someone who would you know come through in those times that we needed something. Johnny, 2015 is uh, you know just 73 days away. What do you think is the schedule and BYU's ex- your expectations for BYU this season? Um, you know, I, I I'm excited. I'm I always am excited to see BYU play against. Um, you know, other top type of programs and uh, always am just wanting to see them do well. And, you know, they have it just like at the start of every season, you know, the, the potential is unlimited. So, uh, <laughs> but it, it's all a matter of, you know, taking that, taking that potential and making it happen. And, uh, you know, they talked about it in the, in the show earlier uh, in the first hour about, you know, all these exciting things that are happening. But I thought Bronco was also pretty clear, you know, to really take it to that next level, they've got to win these games. Um, you can't, you're not just scheduling these teams to, to go play them just, you know, just to play. But um, to really take the next step as a program, they got to go in, go in and win these games. And so, you know, and I, I really feel like Coach Mendenhall does an awesome job of having the systems in place to give the team the best chance um, to win. And at that point, it's kind of out of his hands and the players need to go in and make, you know, make these game impacting plays that are uh, that are going to allow them to have the kind of season that, you know, we all we all hope they do. So that's what I look for. You know, every game I watch, um, especially against, you know, more elite teams is watching for guys that are stepping up to make make these plays that are going to impact the game, you know, in in a hugely positive way for BYU. Johnny, great to talk to you as always. If at any time you have any interest in playing football again, John Beck and Austin Collie happen to be playing north of the border. So just maybe, maybe you can go. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'd have to work out for about two years <laughs> to get in that kind of shape, but we'll good, see. Good stuff. Johnny Harley on BYU Sports Station. We announce our elite swag winner next. Welcome back. 
to BYU Sports Nation on 2015 BYU Football Media Day. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Studio B. It's time to announce our BYU Sports Nation Elite Contest winner. Over the past few weeks, we've been asking you to take pictures and send us information to show us why you are the most elite member of BYU Sports Nation. Now, after hours of debate, knockdown, drag-out conversations... We have emerged with a consensus oh, winner. Yes. Congratulations to Krista Shimizu with this elite entry. She sent in the tweet saying, My family's so elite that we traveled from Missouri to China just to prove it. There is a picture of a stretch Y with her in front of the Terracotta Warriors. That's awesome. That is indeed elite. When you take a stretch Y to China... And stand in front of the Terracotta Warriors. You are hereby dubbed elite in the ranks of BYU Sports And Nation. it looks real. So you win. It's yeah, not Photoshop. That's not, an amazing Photoshop it's job. on a green screen with the Terracotta <laughs> Warriors. At least we hope not. Krista, enjoy your elite t-shirt. You, you're going to get one before Mitch Matthews. Before us, even. Yeah. We don't even have it. Wristband. Show goggles. Sorry, blue goggles. Awesome. T-shirt and whatnot. That is correct. And Again. season tickets to the 2080 BYU football season. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Not true. Send us your questions for our guests today. Hour number one just wrapped up. Bronco Mendenhall, Glenn Kozlowski, Johnny Harleen. An amazing first hour. It's going to get even better. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Mitch Matthews, Bronson Kafusi all do up in hour number two. Let's go, baby. Uh, the thing that stuck out the most about hour number one, Bronco Mendenhall saying, we're, we're hunters. We're on, oh, we're on the, the hunt. hunt. I was, was going to say the almost kiss was what, what stood out with yeah, Ben Kozlowski. That was great, too. <laughs> They're on the hunt. Glenn Kozlowski awkwardly got on the hunt as well. But Bronco Mendenhall, we're on the hunt. I like that. He, that fired me up. He is aggressive in terms of, okay, we got a schedule, and then the message today is we need to win these games. You can't games. just compete now. You can't just compete with the Scheduling's nice. Win. You know who else schedules some of these games? FCS teams. For money. Scheduling is worthless if you don't win. Okay? So if BYU wins, now we're talking. Now you're something nationally. And as Glenn Kozlowski said, not just win, but string together win it's streaks true. against these good teams. Then hey, you become nationally relevant. If you win two in September, I call that a victory. You baby. are nationally relevant. It helps when you have Taysom Hill on your football team. He kicks off hour number two in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. Hello, Doug. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hour number two, BYU Football Media Day 2015. We're live on BYU-Radio, simulcast on BYU-TV. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Studio B. It is all football all day long. It's been a great day so far, and it's going to get even better with the next hour of uh, BYU Sports Nation as well as web chats coming up right after this on BYUtv.org. And then at 4 Eastern time, four decades of dominance, Ty Detmer, Glenn Kozlowski, maybe he'll kiss Ty Detmer on the cheek. Omar Morgan, <laughs> Derwin Gray, Johnny Harleen, among others. They have signs in there where they're going to seat people by decade. And I, I believe most, if not all, of the crowd is just going to be former players. 
And so it's going to be awesome. For Eastern time, check that out later today. Some quick headlines if you have missed them up to this point. BYU adds Toledo to the 2016 schedule. They now have 12 of 13 games on that slate. We expect an FCS team to complete that schedule. It just, I mean, that schedule is unreal. Tanner Mangum, eat your heart out. Bo Hodge is like, I want a piece too. Saturday, September 12th versus Boise State and Provo will be on ESPN2 at 10, 15 Eastern time. Friday, October 2nd as well against UConn in Provo on ESPN2 at 10, 15 as well. Send in your Twitter questions for our guest today using the hashtag BYUSN and our fourth guest of the day. Fittingly, where's number four on the football field? He is the quarterback, Taysom Hill. Taysom, welcome back to Studio B. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Okay, you uh, you proved to me a few weeks ago that you're competitive in just about everything. And we were <laughs> shooting a commercial for a laser tag, but at one point you're like, I should I should bring some of the guys back here and, and we should do this. Yeah, I mean, laser tag in that setting it would be awesome. <laughs> but we did. We actually did one better. So we went paintballing yesterday okay. as a team. And uh, that that was really fun. And the uh, consequence for losing in that was much worse than laser tag, you know, being <laughs> hit by one of those paintballs. And then oh, you get hit by a paintball. Yeah, naturally. I thought you, like, lined them up after or something. No, but, I mean, there's guys leaving the field with blood, you know, that uh, after oh, being all hit. All in. Well yeah, done. all in. Who's all the in. most competitive uh, paintballer on the team? Uh, man, I don't know. Uh, Taryn Howe. He was out there in like an army like like jacket that he strapped on with no shirt underneath. Like <laughs> what is he and, doing? And, and at one point he he found a piece of wood somewhere, I don't know, and he had it like as a shield. So he just like continued to walk up, <laughs> but had something to protect him from the uh from the paintball. So awesome. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say Taryn just just because of those reasons. Okay. What kind of emotions are you feeling as you approach media day for now what is going to be your senior season? Yeah, it's kind of a bittersweet experience, right, as, as I look back on the years that I've, I've been here at BYU. And I've got a lot of fond memories, you know, uh, of my experience here and um, not looking forward to it being over, but I'm looking forward to a senior season and being able to, to go out on top. What experience or... Um thing that's happened to you have have you taken as maybe the most useful as you prepare for this your senior season oh I, I think um the combination of you know blowing the knee out my freshman year and then the ankle injury last year I, and i think the biggest lesson that will, will help me my senior uh, senior season is you know i've realized that you can't replicate these experiences anywhere else in any other environment, right? Playing in front of hundreds of thousands of people, you know, under under the lights on ESPN, ABC, like you name it. Like you're not going to have that opportunity ever again. And so I, I think just living the moment as it comes and making the most of it. And, and I think that translates to right now for me to knowing to make the most of it come September, like – I need to make the most of it right now, and it, it's really helped me recover from the injury because rehab can can become pretty monotonous at times. Okay, quick question. Are you 100%? Yes. Okay, there you go. Yes. Taysom Hill is 100% as stated on the state of the program as well as on BYU Sports Nation. Getting healthy is, is obviously the number one concern when you go through a significant injury, but what have you – I mean, could you do anything to try and get better as a quarterback – 
dealing with coming back from an injury? Yeah, there's always things that you can do to become better, right? And I think one of the things that not only we've done, but the coaching staff, Coach Wintrick, has done to create those opportunities for me is they went and visited Tom House, right, the the quarterback guru uh, in San Diego, took a bunch of videos, right, went and spent a couple of days with them, and then they brought all of the, that back. And so not only was I able to do those or am I – able to do those right now, but I was able to do them as I was rehabbing, right? When I wasn't able to run, when I wasn't able to do those things, I could always do different shoulder workouts to help me become a better thrower. Did you feel, do you feel like 2015 you'll pick up where you left off in 2014 in terms of passing the ball? Yeah. I, I mean, so this is, this is kind of the standard, my mentality as I go into my senior season, right? We were pretty good offensively last year and, you know, I expect us to do the same thing, but be a little better, right? Like we only graduated a few seniors last year. Um, and, and we should, we should raise the bar, right? We, and, and you guys and, and myself, like we should all expect a little bit more of what we did last year. So what are your expectations for 2015? That said, yeah. So it's really hard right now to not be overly optimistic, right? If you guys were going to ask me, what game are you going to lose in 2015? <laughs> I'm not going to give you one game. Why would right? we ask you that? Yeah. No, it's like, but if you ask, like, what's your record going to be? I'm not going to tell you we're going to lose a football game. Uh, nine right? and four. Nor should yeah. you. Nor you should can. you. Yeah, exactly. That's our job. Yeah, that, that's your guys' job. So, look, I, I would say realistic, like, expectations for me and, and for – us as a team is to to put ourselves in situations to win every football game right and like we're playing in some some great venues some very difficult road games and if we have the opportunity to win every football game we're going to have a successful season and i don't know what that what that's going to translate to as a record but uh we will be successful and that's kind of the the message with us is the key to the season is your health i think that there's not a single game on that schedule where you say there's no chance BYU has to win if, if, you're, uh, if you're in the game and Jamal's healthy and Mitch is healthy and whatnot. So how do you stay healthy this yeah. season? Do you have to uh, – you get this all the time, but do you have to change anything about your game? First of all, that's a lot of pressure you're putting on me here. <laughs> um, it so, is. Yeah. <laughs> so it, that's, that's kind of been the question I've been asked ever since my freshman year. And I didn't really have the right answer. To be honest, I kind of just gave the answer that everybody wanted to hear, right? Like, well, yeah, I'm going to slide. I'm going to do these things. And um, the fact of the matter was, yeah, sometimes I slid and sometimes I didn't. Um, and I was, I was conscious of it. But it's a lot easier to sit and talk about it right here than when you're, when you're in a stadium to actually do it. Split-second decision. Yeah, it's super hard when, when you're doing everything you can to win a football game and uh, when, when you see a guy laying, laying it all on the line next to you, like, how can you not do that? Um, so this is kind of what I've, through my experience at BYU through the four years, this is kind of what I've concluded, is I, I'm going to do whatever it, it takes to win a football game. Um, and I think where the change is going to take place this year is in the play calling. So we're not going to have as many designed QB runs for me. Um, I'll still run the football game, or sorry, run the football, but it will be in broken plays. It'll be me just just making something out of nothing, right? And not as many, you know, up the a gap called running. Yeah. Plays. I think that's where the change is going to take place. And I think it'll be a little bit easier to monitor and manage that way. 
Do you? Yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. It's a delicate balance because I thought at the end of the Houston game, you said, listen, I'm going to win this game by just putting my shoulders down to the ground and getting first downs at the end and then winning. That was a situation where you don't come out hurt. No one criticizes the yeah. going down. Yet Utah State is a freak play. It happens to be the same dude, Brian Sweet, who will forever live in infamy. So, <laughs> so it's, it's tough. It's tough. I, I guess how do you respond to people on, are you injury prone? Are you, do you need to, because it seems like, like fans trust your judgment for the most part in terms yeah. of when to go and when not to. It, it's it's a hard thing, right? And then I I get two different ends of the spectrum. I have guys that are like, "Why are you running?" Like blah blah blah. And then I get asked this question, and they're like, "Dude, I want you to run. Like I love watching you run." Um, so I, I think we need to be smart about it. I certainly need to be smart about it. And if I am running, um, hopefully it's because I see a huge opening. I see a huge window, and it'll it'll allow me to get 10, 15 yards and then slide, right, and get down. Um, if I see the goal line, like, I'm not going down, right? Like, I'm going to do everything I can to score. Um, so I, I, I don't know what, what the right answer, I don't know what that's going to look like, but it's a work in progress. Robert and I said that he is very comfortable basically opening up the entire playbook to you uh, from his offensive coordinator position. Does that mean that there are going to be more passes? And do you want do you want to pass more? Yeah. Uh, so I, I've also been asked this a lot, right? I'm a quarterback first, right? Like I would much rather throw a touchdown than I would run one any day. I don't think a lot of people believe you when you <laughs> yeah, say that. Honestly, I know they don't. <laughs> yeah. but look, here's the reality, right? When you're down on the one two two yard line. It's much easier to score uh, when you can add an additional blocker, right? When you can take a running back where typically they're handing the ball off to, and you say, hey, you're going to be the lead blocker. And then you have a guy that can run the way that I can. It's much easier to score that way. So a lot of those, a lot of those uh, calls are designed quarterback calls, and they work, you know? And so, yeah, it, it is. It, it's hard to believe me when I say those things, right? But um, I believe you, Taysom. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, but look, I, I think we will throw the ball more um, this year. We're still going to run the ball because we're really good at it. And uh, as we run the ball, it'll create opportunity for us to to throw the ball more. Who's the most underrated offensive player? Oh man, or players. Yeah, um, I, I think the guys on on the O line, right? I, I think uh, Mitch Mitch gets a lot of hype and rightfully so. I think Mitch is he's probably one of the best guys that I've ever played with. Some call um, him elite. He is he is elite. I, I agree one hundred percent. But I, look, I think like Riker Matthews, right? Like when he, maybe you guys talk about him, maybe you don't. I don't know. But that dude should be talked about, right? Um, Tooney Knooch, like that dude should be talked so about. So strong. Um, so I think it's guys like that. Like Louie, that, that guy's he's going to be really good. People are talking um, here. So I think, I think those guys, you know, I think the receivers get talked about enough. I certainly get talked about more than I should probably. Um, but I, th- I think it goes to the O-line. With all the hype that comes, and we're a big part of the hype machine. <laughs> that's, that's what <laughs> that's we your do. Job. Do you do you do you like it? Do you embrace it, or do you try and ignore it? Yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of have like a golden rule, if you will, um, of trying to avoid 
all media like reading what's what's uh written about me and what people say about me and that came from having conversations with guys like riley nelson guys like john beck max hall right who have been in my shoes before and that was that was one of the the things that they gave me and and i've tried hard to live by it Taysom hill is an elite laser tag player that's what we hear (laughs) from the commercials Last last question. Do you feel less pressure this year uh, because undefeated is not necessarily the conversation piece with the schedule? Uh, man, that's I, I think probably more pressure, not in the sense of wins, but like, hey, Taysom, it's your senior season. And look at look at all these other quarterbacks that were seniors and what they did their senior season. Don't right? mess it up, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so not not in the sense of like winning games, but look, and no one has higher expectations for myself than I do. So it's easy to manage. And you have a wife to go home to at night. That, Life is good. Yeah. yeah Life it's is all good. good. Taysom Hill, great stuff, man. Good to talk to you. It's good It's good to be, uh, be on here. All right. BYU Sports Nation continues with more of the current BYU football stars. Jay Swag Daddy is dancing his way to the studio. Wait, is that Ray Lewis or <laughs> Jamal BYU Williams? Sports Nation. <laughs> he always brings it. <laughs> BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. We are simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. As always, use the hashtag BYUSN to join the conversation. At 3 Eastern today, we're going to do a Periscope. You can check it out at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter. We'll tweet that out a little later. We'll take you behind the scenes of BYU Football Media Day, show you Jamal Williams dancing. We'll show you Taysom Hill, how his uh, fibula is just fine and whatnot. Uh, That's coming up 3 Eastern time. Yeah, Taysom told us he's 100%. Another man that BYU football's Robert and I, the offensive coordinator, says will be 100% when the season begins is Jamal Williams. And Jamal, back in studio, looking fresh, man. Thank you. You're definitely the best-dressed BYU football player. I'll give you that much. Yeah, I feel like, uh, what's his name, 007? Williams. Jamal Williams. <laughs> Bronco played that card as well. We've had, that's the second 007 yeah. reference we've had today. Because well, Spectre's coming out in November, and it's going to be awesome. Um, this is on radio as well. Can you describe what you've got on today? All right. I got on a visor, and I got my hair growing out. It's almost, it's not like a... It's long for you. Yeah. I like yeah. the look, man. I like it. Curly. Curly. Okay. My girlfriend likes curly, you know? <laughs> yeah. You got golden sunglasses? Oh, yeah. Sunglasses. My sister gave it to me. They got like a mirror vision. Mm-hmm. This so is for the people. Chrome in, for gold the radio. frame. Yeah. I'm not very descriptive. Ugh. Descriptive. Ugh. I can't say it, bro. Descriptive? There you go. I'm not an author, so I, I'm not very right, imaginary man. right now. <laughs> I got on creamy tan jeans. <laughs> That's how you get descriptive, right? Okay. Yes. I got flower, Hawaiian flowers. <laughs> And my shoelace is untied, just to let y'all know. It's fresh. And some Nike Pro socks for you guys at home. There there you go, Jamal Williams breaking down his outfit for BYU Football Media Day. And it was planned, wasn't it? This is is something you planned. Look, 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 look. I didn't plan it. They just told me what I was supposed to wear. So, But they didn't. They they only told you, like, white shirt and pants, right? Yeah, of course. So, you know, Jamal has to put something him in it. So I put the visor on with my... With the glasses. Yeah, they, everybody thought this was a wig to go with the visor, <laughs> but I was like, "It's all me, baby." <laughs> no, it's that's all your me. hair. And your mom's in studio. Nicole yeah. is uh, hanging out in studio, so it's always fun to have her here. The real superstar back there. She's got a blue goggles. Yeah, she's, she's a BYU Sports Nation elite member. Okay, everyone's asking you, so we got to ask you: You 100 percent right now, or will you be 100? percent I will be 100. percent Okay, man, that's like 
the most annoying question in life. Isn't it? Isn't I promise it though? you. I've been asked probably like 5,000 times already. We're People not going to talk about, about it anymore. You. Man, you know the percentage? You know what percentage I, I say every time? What do you say? Guess. 75. Close. I just say 80. Okay. 80%. 80 is a good percentage of like, oh, he's ready, but he's not hurt. So in November, hurt, you were you know? 80%? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was 80 forever. Crutches, 80. Listen, what are we going to do when you graduate? You're, this is you're approaching your senior season. I I am feeling. I'm already feeling the the heart palpitations of losing Jamal Williams. What are we going to do? Man, I don't know. Why are we talking about that? We are you going to cry? The season, man. Are you going to yes, cry? I'm going to cry. Sissy. <laughs> it's all right, bro. I'm gonna cry too. Yeah. I'll be like, I'm gonna miss y'all. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best part? The best and worst part about being a senior? Hmm. Hmm. I think the best part is like, shoot, everything is like your last. So, like, you feel like you got, like, a real chip on your shoulder. The worst part is, like, it's your last year. So, it sucks. Yeah. You, you ain't got no more college football left. College football is going to be the best football ever in life. NFL is too busy, you know, business, too much Everything's all about money, while college football is just about you having fun, enjoying the life of a college student, and just, you know, making people happy. That's an accurate description of what BYU football means to a lot of people, for real. Mm. Uh, you, want, you want to play in the NFL? Is that a goal? No, I want to be a professional ballerina. Okay. <laughs> what do you need to do this season to make sure you're on an NFL team next year? <laughs> uh, like how I just ignored you? It's fine. <laughs> Um, really, I feel like I have ball protection, um, pass protection I can work on a little more. And if I need to be like, not like a leading blocker, but if I need to go out and block more, I can do that a little better too. My route run is get in there. I can catch the ball, but I feel like I have everything down. I just need some more. It's more about mastering the position, you know? How would you describe the running back core with Algie and Adam and Nate Carter? How how do you rate the running back group this year? Um, we get him. We were a brute type type of group when Paul was here, and um, now we're starting to become more of like a brute slash flashy finesse finesse type. Which ugh, I hate the word. I like I like brute, but we're not there no more. We're like hybrids, you know. Okay. So we get into the hybrid type of group, and um, we we all know how to lower our shoulder and everything, but we're really turning to spin moves and and jump cuts and all types of those things. So it's we're becoming a, a great group. How does the schedule dictate mindset, if at all, Man, going into it? This year, our mindset is eat. We about to eat like the dogs we are i have already had the dog it's more about helping our teammates get the dog like everybody pieces of the team we had dogs now it's more of getting all the group to have the dog in them and i can say that everybody's turning into a dog they might have started out like chihuahuas but we turning into pit bulls rock rollers we ready to eat man i don't care who it is look my look look out i'm serious <laughs> like we ready to eat I can't wait for the season. I can't wait for Nebraska. We going in barking, ready to eat, showing what we got. Because people still think we're afraid of teams that are bigger and have more exposure than we do. But we just ready for the for the chance to show that we're ready to be a powerhouse team. Bronco Mendenhall said this team is on the hunt, so that would go along with eat. eating. Arr. 
Okay, there you go. Jamal Williams with us on BYU Sports Nation. Do you have something to prove when you play this schedule this season? I mean, people are already seeing, like, our schedule is, like, a losing season for us already. I mean, I've already seen things, like, on YouTube with people trying to make fun of our schedule already. And it's like, it's not, it ain't funny to us because we're going to show you, like, what's up. And then you're going to be feeling, you know, I'm going to go back on their videos and comment, like, <laughs> oh, don't don't you feel kind of stupid, you know? Like, I'm going to start laughing. Now I'm going to put an R on the bottom of it so they know dogs is eating. Emoticon for that. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it's not really about what other people think. It's more about how we're going to make them think about us, you know? We're going to make them know what type of team we are. We're the type of team that's not going to turn down no challenge. We're going to go out there and we're going to do our best and we're going to work hard. What about this team is different than the other three teams you have played on? Hmm. Man, I feel like... I know you talked about the dog mentality, but is, yeah, yeah, is there yeah, anything yeah. else along with that? Um, it's, I feel like it's more of the whole team being good at the same time, you know? Uh, my freshman year, you know, the defense was outstanding, but on offense, we kind of low-key struggled a little bit, and it's not like we can get balanced at the same time. So I feel like this year is the time that we're all just great as a team all together on all three sides, special teams, offense, and defense. So I expect great things for our defense to do the same thing they did uh, my freshman year when everything they didn't let nobody score had like six points you know I expect them to do the same thing this year while this year for offense we're just going to keep scoring no matter what get over our our point goal for every game and just run over teams at G Hanson 25 has a question for you what are your goals for the team this year Uh, my goal is to have a 10 plus win season and to win our bowl game hopefully our bowl game is in Vegas you want Vegas more than Hawaii? Yeah. Okay. Hawaii's too far. It's it's free, though. It's a trip. It's far. Family can't make that. <laughs> so, yeah. Need family at the game. All, all about okay, Vegas. Vegas it is. Yeah. Bronco Mendenhall was asked about the prospect of potentially playing Utah in the Las Vegas Bowl. How would you respond to the prospect of playing Utah in the Las Vegas Bowl? That's great. I, that's great. That's great. Do you want one more shot at him? Honestly, yeah, but it's not like, you know, the the rival thing, you know, I'm still not, I want it, but it's not like in me to hate them, hate them, you know, I just don't, but I do want a shot at like winning one before I leave. So winning a Utah game would mean a lot to me to win one. We shot a commercial recently uh, together and it's airing today uh, on TV. What was that experience like? It was funny because I was just watching it. It was like, wow, we really made a commercial together. I'm like, <laughs> I'm really Tyler Halls now. I'm a Tyler Halls man. Like, That's the peak, Tyler Halls? Bro, he had, wasn't he like, he was the first one to have the commercial. We did a commercial, yep, we did a commercial like that where yeah. we're, in a, we're in a space where you don't see us. We're just, yeah, because we hang out in your, your uh, we hang out in your closet. You're getting some clothes. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't weird we're, at all. Nope, not yeah, weird not, at all. When I'm, I saw this script for that, I thought, this is a little odd. Let's just yeah, do it. Like, I'm not going to see two middle-aged. Middle-aged? Vanilla men <laughs> in my closet. Okay, one of those statements was accurate. The other was not. <laughs> do you know how old we are? What are you, 35? Is, 30, 30, is 35 middle-aged? 35 middle-aged? Bro, you there. You there? Oh, okay. 
How old are you? I'm 31. Ooh, how do you? Guess. You in the 30s, though, aren't you? I'm 33. Ooh, y'all old. <laughs> We are not old, we're bro. Not, we are not continuing this conversation Dude, compared any to you, further. Compared to you, man, what are you, 20? It's Yeah. There you go. Hey, let's, let's end with an important question. Who's going to carry the banner as the fashion expert for BYU football when you're gone? Hmm. Can you pass that along through the season? I don't know who, though. I really, um, shoot. My fashion expert. This is your homework. I'm going to have to find Okay. I'm going to find somebody and then I'll get back to you old old man with that, okay? That's that that's fair. BYU Sports Nation homework. Wow, it's a new <laughs> thing. We are middle-aged old men, Jeremy. Yeah. How do you feel about that? The next thing on there, I'm going to bring two canes and you can put them up here. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> cool. We we know what we are. Hey. hey. Jamal? Yes, sir. Everything aside, we wish you the best, man. <laughs> Thank you. Good luck in the approaching season. Great to talk to you. You the best, man. You still young to me, bro. Keep it sexy. <laughs> Up next, the elite one, Mitch Matthews in ah. studio. Elite? <laughs> BYU Sports Nation continues on Media Day 2015, all things BYU football on BYU TV and BYU Radio, broadcasting live from Studio B. Download the show podcast on iTunes. You do not want to miss... What has been happening in Studio V today? There's a workaholics principle to what's happened here today. It's gotten weird several times. <laughs> <laughs> right after BYU Sports Nation is done, we have web chats with Lauren Franken. That's coming up on BYUtv.org. Also, four decades of dominance coming up for Eastern Time and empty Studio A right now. But later, that will fill up with a bunch of guys who have won a ton of games, scored a bunch of touchdowns, had a bunch of picks. That's coming up before Eastern. BYU adds Toledo to the 2016 schedule, solidifying 12 of 13 games. That schedule is unbelievable. We have sent it out a couple of times on our BYU Sports Nation account. You can take a look. The Toledo Rockets, pretty good. Group of five team, 9-4 and four last year. They were ranked as well, so this is a good ad for BYU. No slouch. Plus, times announced for September 12th versus Boise State and Provo. That's on ESPN2 at 8.15 Mountain Time, 10.15 Eastern, and then Friday, October 2nd, UConn and Provo, ESPN2, 10.15 Eastern as well. Joining us now, our next guest, who I have dubbed the Elite One, Mitch Matthews in Studio B, rocking Jamal's gold sunglasses. <laughs> they, they did the handoff as they were, well, Mitch was coming into the studio and Jamal was leaving. And uh, you, pretty took, elite glasses. you took it up one, Mitch. You well, got the Jim McMahon headband on as well. These are actually mine, but they're real gold. So my so I actually one off them. Made of yeah. real gold. Those will bend really easy in the uh, heat. <laughs> Careful, man. How much social media response, or just response in general, have you gotten surrounding the elite conversation? I've actually gotten a bunch. Uh, it'll be grocery store to <laughs> Matthews. I think you're elite. Or, <laughs> I was. It, it'll be in St. George. I went down and golfed and went to the gym one day, and this guy. He passed me, he gave me a funny look, then he turned around and came back and yelled it in front of the whole gym, Matthews, you are elite. <laughs> so I'll get, it'll, be, it'll be weekly for sure, and that doesn't end. Oh, it doesn't okay. end. And no, no one's going to come up to you and say, dude, you're not elite, bro. <laughs> yeah, so maybe run. they're lying to me. I don't know what it yeah. is. Maybe they're lying. Yeah, but. no one's going to do that. We shot a commercial as, as well with you, uh, which is – I. Let's see. I haven't seen that one. I don't know if that one's going to air today. I don't think that one's. They may be today. holding that one for. <laughs> it's elite, so we're going to hold it to the fall. And Thank the eliteness you. Yeah. starts yeah. to take place. What was that commercial like? The uh, oh, when we were bowling. Yeah, it was awesome. Bowling and playing basketball with. Uh, that's right. Football. That's right. Bowling and basketball. So uh, it was a lot. Don't, of fun. don't give away the plot. 
Yeah, but what yeah. was it like? It was, yeah. it was awesome. You know, being able to dominate you guys and to be able to show you who, who's boss, I think it was the best part Nobody about it. Nobody said anything about dominating us. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we, we, tell. It's going to post-production, so we can make a few It'll tweaks. A few tweaks, huh? a few video we, edits. We, we did uh, send out a Vine as well. That's um, right. Of you bowling you a strike. That? Do we have it? It, was, it, only took one, s- it only took one try. I said, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's only one, one try. try. That's right. I, I misremembered. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Matthews, the senior receiver, joining us in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. Just talked to Taysom and Jamal, two of your senior teammates. Um, how are you feeling approaching uh, your senior season at BYU? It's something special. Uh, I love the guys that I play with. Um, man, Taysom and Jamal, those guys have leadership written inside of them. And I think that culture will beat scheme. Culture will beat speed. Culture will beat anything on the football field. And I think that uh, us three on the offense, being at the head of it um, with leadership and experience, I think that we, we demonstrate that. And the guys want to play with us, and they know we've been there. This receiver group is interesting to me because you do lose, lose Jordan Leslie, uh, but you bring back just about everybody else, and you add Nick Kurtz. What can we expect from this group this year? A, a tall bunch. You know, I... I so we'll, me and Nick will be walking into a grocery store. We'll go shopping or something, and without fail, they'll think me and Nick are on the volleyball team every time. They'll say, like, <laughs> they'll, they'll bring their son over and say, come meet the guys from the BYU basketball team because we just look like basketball players. So we got the height there. I think it'll be something unique for, for our team to have two guys on the field at, at some point sometimes that are 6'6". So it'll be special. How good is Nick? Because I think a lot of people have pretty high expectations for him, especially the way he played in junior college and the way he was recruited. Yeah, I mean, incredible player, got great size, and he can move really well for his size, and that's what makes someone this dominant. And I think that uh, mentally he's ready to go because he had a tough uh, start of the season last year with a broken foot, and that's not what he expected. And so he's hungry, and I think that'll be great. And I I live with the guy, and uh, so I – I, uh, I know exactly where his heart at and mentally where he's at. He's ready to go. Mitch Matthews caught nine touchdowns, 922 yards in 2014, set a school record with 16 receptions in a single game against Nevada. He is on BYU Sports Nation. You had some good moments last year, but you, you made it a point to tell me right after the bowl game, like, I'm, we're going to come back better. I'm, I'm going to be better. Where do you feel like you have improved the most? <sighs> I mean, individual, I think I improved a ton, and I'm a guy that – Every time I step on the field, I want to get better. And so from fall last year to spring this year, I improved. And I think I let people know that I did improve. And I think that it was noticed. And I think that I have a chip on my shoulder that eight and five, three years in a row is not where I want to be uh, for me personally. And so I think that my leadership has stepped up. Um, my experience uh, that I have under my belt has been demonstrated throughout my game. And I think that tightening little screws is going to, what's going to get me to the next level for my personal endeavors. And I think for this team especially, uh, leadership skills and being able to show that, look, I've been here, I've done this, I've, I've caught touchdowns, I've, I've dropped balls before, I've caught balls, I've, I've had great catches, and I think that um, I, I have the, the whole package to be a leader and a guy that makes big plays this year. What do you need to do this season to, to possibly be an NFL draft pick next year? I, I think I need to have a year like I did last year. I think two years in a row um, of a year like I did last year would be great. I, something I talked to Coach Mendenhall about is what does it take to get there? And he says you need to string two years like you did last year together in a row, and guys will know exactly who you are and they'll want you because of your size and your ability. So that's something for me personally. I, I want to demonstrate through that, through winning games especially. We need to win more games to be able, for our guys to be draft-worthy, and I think that's most important. But along with, with wins comes a great season, and that's what really what we want as teammates. 
I just asked Jamal Williams this question. I'm asking it to you, and that is, what will set this team apart compared to the previous teams you have played on? So I, my true freshman year, I played with the Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, Andrew George, those guys, and it was incredible. The leadership they had, and uh, man, it was so fun to see the true freshman coming in and, and going 11 and two, finishing 12th in the country and winning our bowl game against a Pac-12 school. That it was special, you know, finishing 12th in the country like that, and going eight and five. It's just like, who are we? Do people know who we are? When I go back home to Oregon, do we talk about BYU or do we talk about University of Oregon? You know, so I think that. Um, being noticed, beating the best teams, the best venues. I think that that is really my goal for this season. I think that we have the leadership this year coupled with ability to be that team we had in 2009, if not better. Not to mention the schedule to get noticed. Totally. I agree. Yeah. Do you catch yourself watching any YouTube clips of opponents from this year at all ever? Just just to see what's there? Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen highlights and everything. I'll, you know, I'll watch like the draft and you'll see – uh, little clips of the team, and you'll go look up certain guys, or who's their quarterback, or who are their DBs, or who's transferring who where, and you'll you'll look it up, and it just gets you so antsy to go, and it gets me fired up. What makes a receiver, and this is all serious, elite in your mind? Man, I uh, that's a tough one. I, I think that just by when you, if you were to go watch any game, a random game, do you see them and do they stand out? Do you just watch film and watch, look at the center of the screen and do they stand out to you? And then you go look at their stats. Do they have you know, a good amount of touchdowns? Do they have this? But I think most importantly, because guys are in different offenses. You know, Amari Cooper last year, the best receiver in the country, was thrown to so many times and he succeeded, right? Some guys are in running offenses and they don't get any balls, but they can still be an elite receiver and a draft pick based on how well they play the game and mm-hmm. how good they are and how that well they can play at the next level. So I think it's a lot of factors. And that is the question, isn't it? <laughs> that is the question. That it is. Related to elite. We have some fan questions we want to get in here. Let's do it. Uh, at McMullen underscore Blake. How did you get so good at dunking? <laughs> I didn't even play basketball in high school, but I played. Really? I played. Yeah, I played baseball. Oh. But I remember going to the gym all the time, just playing pickup ball, and like, who could do the coolest dunk out of your friends was always the thing to do at, at the twenty-four hour fitness, or whatever. And so I always, I always grew up doing it. I'm obviously tall, but um, I, uh, I got my mom's jeans. She's a volleyball player, and so I, I can jump a little bit. And so I've always been practicing. I still practice, and I think it, I think it helps my football game too. Being able to get up and and dunk a ball is just like playing football. This from at P Flash Flood, and this is something I want to know as well. Has BYU's involvement of the pass game changed at all going into this year? Yeah, I think that uh, when Taysom Hill is on the field, we win more than when he's not on the field. And I think keeping him healthy is going to be huge. And when the ball's in the air and he's not getting hit, I think that we'll keep him healthy. And if, if we're completing tons of passes and they have to play cover three, then there's no way you can stop Taysom Hill. So it's, it, it makes a dangerous combination when the ball is in the air coming out of his hand. So they have to change their defense around. And when the second you slip, he's gone. So I think that is what makes a great team. And when he's on the field, we beat great teams. When you look at uh, Taysom Hill's health, obviously that's one of the keys to the season, make sure that he's healthy. Do you, since two of the last three years, a backup have played significant time, do you need to get a rapport with Tanner Mangum and Bo Hodge in fall camp just in case? Yeah, I think that's something that in this type of offense with this type of uh, um, with this type of quarterback who runs the ball a lot, I think that you need to recognize that that is it's a possibility. But it's something that I focus my time on Taysom Hill and that we'll, I guess me and Tanner or Bo, whoever it is, will need to get quickly uh, acclimated with each other, just like me and Christian. Luckily, me and Christian have played together for enough years. It was really easy for us, but we're focusing on, on winning games and not patchwork coming into the season. 
What is the most exciting part about the schedule that you face? Uh, the awesome venues. I think that's great. I think we're on ESPN more than we ever have been, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that we are in some great venues with people watching, and I think that we, when we win those big games, we get noticed. When we beat Texas, it seems like the whole country knows. So we go to Michigan, Nebraska, Missouri, UCLA. Everyone in the country is going to know when BYU, you know, when BYU wins, and they're going to be able to talk about that and get more national recognition and, and play at a big bowl game this end of the year. Who's the most underrated, uh, underrated receiver on the team? Wow. Can I even go there? Underrated can I, receivers? Can I, can I go there? Um, I think that uh, we have four guys. Right now. We have three seniors and a junior. Uh, me, Devon, Kurt, and Nick that have established themselves as the top four guys as of right now going into fall camp. And I think that the more we use us four, I think that uh, we'll be huge. I think last year me and Jordan caught a lot of the balls, right, and no one else really did. But I think Devon and Nick and Kurt have a lot to prove but they, they, they completely can, if that makes sense. They have the ability to do so, and I think that those guys are underrated right now but have the ability, just like any other receiver in the country, but need to show that, and they can do that. Throwing Mitchell Jurgens, Colby Pearson, both inside guys, guys who made yeah, some totally. catches. Yeah, yeah and you're course, just talking yeah. about outside yeah, guys. Yeah, totally. right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Taryn Houck in the inside. Yeah. The elite one, Mitch Matthews. Brought, uh, he brought it <laughs> in Studio B. <laughs> oh, hey, gosh. you rock that card with pride, my friend, okay? Do I, really? I, I, need, that, I need that shirt, man. Like, I got I to gotta rock it. I'm not going to take it off. Are you signing stuff now, I'm elite Mitch you, Matthews? Yeah, you hashtag should. elite. I, I do it. <laughs> not number 10. It's hashtag elite. You're on underneath. We created a monster. Jeez. <laughs> and I love it. Mitch, great stuff, man. Good luck in the approaching season. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. That was an elite interview. That was... That was good. Gosh. Wow. <laughs> is, this, is this an elite look or what? Yes. Here comes Bronson Kafusi. This is BYU Sports Nation. He looks Nation. hungry. I'm scared. Bronson. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Hey, coming up at 3 Eastern time, we're going to do a Periscope session. Uh, so check that out on Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation, and, of course, Four decades of dominance coming up for Eastern right after this show. Uh, web chats with Lauren Frankham. Check that out. Down Periscope. Yes. There you go. You I, like that? Yep. That's the name of it. <laughs> the other one's even weirder. Meerkat. <laughs> Send us your questions Meerkat. for our guest today using the hashtag BYUSN. Our final guest in studio B during this two-hour BYU Sports Nation special is a guy we have very high expectations for, and a guy who holds even higher expectations for himself, Bronson Kafusi. Bronson, welcome back to Studio B. Hey, thanks. Good to be here. He's got the glasses. Yeah, he has the glasses, but you're... Look, you're a defender, right? Yeah, I don't wear these flashy things, you know. That's why I've got them on backwards. Okay. Good enough. (laughs) What is your official position on the defense this year? Man, I don't know. Whatever they want me to do. (laughs) I I think I'm just... Wrong. What are you? (laughs) Whatever you call a defensive end, outside linebacker. Are you? Uh, what do you, you call that? Have you seen Jurassic World? <laughs> I have. That's me. Indominus Rex. Indominus it's, it's Rex. A, it's it's a we go with that? Call me hybrid. That. Yeah, I don't want to give away the plot <laughs> for those that haven't seen it, but it's a mix of a couple of different dinosaurs. Okay. That work? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that works for me. Indominus Defender. As an Indominus Rex Indominus Defender, whether that be on the defensive line or as an outside linebacker, what do you feel like you do best going into your senior season? Uh, I really feel like I can cause some havoc in the backfield, um, you know, when they're passing that ball. So 
that's that's where I like to be. Whether it's outside linebacker, I don't care where I'm coming from. Coming from the safety spot, I just want to rush. <laughs> so I feel like wherever they put me, that's where I'm going to be. When you line up at safety, we will we will mark that down. <laughs> safety. <laughs> um, the next Aaron Francisco, Brunson Kafusi. When so you're most comfortable when you rush the passer. That's yeah, what you want on to the do. line. Yeah. Okay. Did you get comfortable at any point in coverage as a linebacker? Then? Uh, you know, certain certain types of coverage. I, I liked and got comfortable with, you know, when we're zoning off. Uh, but when you're covering that 4-2 guy, you know, you're never going to be comfortable when you're my size. So running with that guy, uh, yeah, that's, that's a challenge. <laughs> How have you gotten better specifically this offseason? Man, I feel like for me this offseason, uh, I feel like I've really been working on just the mental aspect of the game. So I can think faster, make more plays, and that's what I want to do as well. You know, physically, I feel like I've really worked on my first step, getting that faster and striking. I want to be able to strike uh, at, at any place on the field and really be physical. Uh, it felt like the defense at times last year was lacking. Um, I, the rush was there, but getting to the quarterback and actually securing the sack or the tackle for loss, mm-hmm. right? How, how will you guys maybe be better in that position this year at actually creating a, a few more sacks? Yeah, uh, you know when you, when you run the defense that we run it's a, in a three-four, you have your big guys up front. A lot of times, those big, those big guys are made to stop the run, not to get not to get after the passer. So my job is to be able to do both, so that we can get after the passer, give our DBs a break, and you know finish those plays. What are your conversations like with Bronco Mendenhall when you're discussing specifics and how you want to get better as a defense? Uh, he 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 really stresses to me uh building that culture a culture of you know hard work grit uh doesn't matter where you're at what point in the game the defense goes out there you're going to make a stop doesn't matter the yardage down or distance you got to have confidence in yourself so being able to build that as a defense that's what we talk about with the secondary losing some key figures and there's five or six guys that played a ton you know the last couple of years what can you do as a defensive line to alleviate maybe the pressure on the DBs to make plays? Hey, we're their best friends, and you know they are dust as well. So we work together, and uh, we just have to get back there. I mean, you might not get a sack, but if you're making the quarterback move outside the pocket, move his feet, uh, if he's worried about you, if you're always there around him, you're going to get in his head, and he's going to make some, make some errors. Do you have any specific goals in terms of like numbers or things that you want as an individual this year in terms of sacks or you know pass knockdowns, pass breakups, things like that? Have you set numbers for yourself? Uh, not yet, but I will. I I mean I always want to improve. So whatever I got last year, I got to get more. Now I want to look up what you got last year just as a <laughs> reference. I thought it was pretty good, and and among the playmakers on BYU's defense, you kind of lead the way in terms of just being all over the place. Um, Let's see, I've almost, I've almost got him up here. Uh, okay, so last year, Bronson and I have you for 43 tackles, and you missed, I think, two games, right? Due to the ankle. Three games. Three games. Three games, he says. 11 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks, six pass breakups, seven hurries, one recovered fumble, and one forced fumble. So more than that. Yes, a lot more than that. That's what I want. A lot more than that. Okay. <laughs> who, who else uh, is a playmaker on that defense to you? I mean, people don't see, see, see this guy a lot, but I'd say Travis Tuiloma. I mean, he does his job down after down, and he's a guy I, I love, to, love to see, uh, you know, just line up and just boss some people around. And, you know, I mean, he might not be in the limelight making those plays, but he's making it so other guys can make those plays. 
and he's really the, the key to the defense. So a guy like Travis, he's really the key to the defense. Okay, at, at nose? At nose. Okay. Wow. So, so for the general fan is going to watch the ball, right? Mm-hmm. What, what can they watch on the defense that you would say, this is how you can tell we're playing well, where they can watch something else? Like you mm. mentioned, Travis Tuiloma, for example. Yeah. I mean, you can watch the D-line and see if they're getting knocked back. You can watch how everyone's running to the ball, um, how hard everyone, the, the front seven is coming off the ball, and just all those things. Bronson Kafusi with us on BYU Sports Nation, the Indominus Rex defender on <laughs> BYU's football team. Bronsonus? No, we'll, we'll get Bronsonosaurus. Bronson. Uh, Bronson. We'll, we'll play with it. Yeah, yeah, we will. It's a work yeah. in progress. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. I've heard words today. Uh, one from Bronco. He said, "We're on the hunt against these teams on the road. We are hunting for these big wins." Jamal Williams said. We're going to eat. You know, he said <laughs> that. Something like that. The, dog, the dog mentality. And then you just said, I want to strike. So hunting and eating and striking. Those are active verbs. What is it about this, this mentality? Because I feel like you guys are making it a point to be like, look, we're, we're going after it. What changed? Uh, I feel like it's a mentality uh, that everyone has just from last year. Uh, going 8-5, third year in a row. Um, how things ended. And then as well, coming in with... I mean, you have Coach Wintrick who spends most, I mean, in a year of football, we spend most of our time with him. So uh, I think he's done a great job of building that unity, building that mentality of, um, you know, we're going to go after whoever we line up against. Got a question on Twitter for you at Moster Christian. Bronson, will you ever convince your brother, Corbin, to come back to football? Do you want to? <laughs> Corbin needs to stay on the basketball court. Uh, <laughs> came home from his mission. Next day, I told him, you're staying on the basketball court, my friend. He loves football. He loves the football mentality, uh, which will help him in basketball. But even from last year to now, he's so much better, so much more. Uh, he's better at scoring, shooting, uh, Overall, he's just such a better player even now. And we look forward to that with uh, Dave Rose's squad and things get going in late October and early November. Another Twitter question from at Laser Sheep. What feels better, and you've experienced both, a well-timed dunk on the basketball court in a big moment or a big sack? Oh, big sack. Easily. That's an e- easy one. I keep telling those basketball players, you guys don't even know. Uh, <laughs> you don't know what it feels like. You think a dunk feels good. Uh, yeah, sack is definitely better. <laughs> and we also shot a commercial with you and Corbin. Um, I don't know if that one's... Is that one airing today? I don't know. There's, I we, can't, we there shot a so bunch many. airing today and tomorrow. Okay, who's the best athlete in the house? Who really is the better athlete in the house? <sighs> well, the majority of 21... Bat- when we play 21, I've been winning. Really? So This I, isn't good. I mean, I don't want to put it on the spot, but you have to be honest, right? So Please. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Bronson. Okay, so Bronson says he's the it's better athlete Devin. in the house. It's, De- it's, yeah, it's, it's Devin. Devin. <laughs> Younger brother. Or going. maybe it's Steve. Yeah, who, who knows? Check out the commercial. You'll find Next out. question. Who's the better actor, me or Jerem? Oh. <laughs> he speaks Back. Korean. He speaks Korean. <laughs> you don't have anything to do with Korean. <laughs> so he can do more faces, right? He can do different roles. So I speak talk. Portuguese. What does Korean oh. have to do with it? <laughs> 
Good answer, dude. Good I answer. Get, I get pounded on the elite thing. I get pounded on this. It's fine. I'll call Corbin up. Glenn oh, yeah, I'll call Corbin up. Okay. We were talking about this before the break. Go find Ty Detmer and discuss fishing with him. Get Remington Peck and you and go talk to Ty Detmer about fishing. I'm sure you'll have some epic conversation. Oh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to find out who's the best. I know Rem just catches a ton of those little ones. You know, I go there. I catch the big one. I might not catch a lot of them, but the big one that everyone wants to see. That's so. a shot fired from a previous interview with Rem. That's, that's well We're done. Going hunting. Go hunting for that big fish, namely the opposing quarterback. Yes. Yep, that's right. Bronson, great to have you in Studio B, man. Hey, thank you. Good luck Hashtag in 2015. I Provo days, man. I know it. I know it. Good stuff. Up next. Can you believe it's been two hours? Unreal. What? We will wrap things up. Loaded BYU Sports Nation two-hour special on BYU Football Media Day. Final thoughts after this. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's reset some quick headlines for those that are just joining us. The 2016 schedule has now added Toledo, the Rockets, on the schedule. BYU will host them on September 30th of 2016, a return trip to the Glass Bowl in Toledo in September of 2019. Times and TV announced for two games, Boise State, September 12th in Provo, ESPN2, 1015 Eastern, also UConn on a Friday, October 2nd, also ESPN2, 1015 Eastern. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to Glenn Kozlowski for setting the stage of what has been... So, been some of the more memorable interviews on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the elite tweet of the day. Go back and watch it. You'll see why Jeremy thinks that. craft, not craft. This is my wife. Jamal Williams calling my husband middle-aged and vanilla has made my day. I'm getting a t-shirt made. Who's paying for this, Whitney? That, ha- that happened. Coming up, web chats right after this on BYUtv.org. Four decades of dominance coming up at 4 Eastern. Thanks to Bronco, Mendenhall, Taysom Hill, Bronson Kafusi, Mitch Matthews, Jamal Williams, Glenn Kozlowski, Johnny Harleen, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Periscope coming up at 3 Eastern. We'll take you around. Please, for your sake, as a fan of BYU, download the podcast Do on it. iTunes. <laughs> Shout out to James Allen. Shia LaBeouf. These two vanilla middle-aged men are out for now. Just-